everybody. Welcome to Ironcast, episode number four. My name is Paul Hamilton, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Nikki. Say hello, Nikki. Hello. So, this is our fourth episode. Um, one of the things that we figured out from listening back to the previous ones that we did is that we, we both have some verbal tics, it seems. Mine seems to be, I, I end way too many sentences with, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> As if that was sort of making whatever I'm saying all inclusive. And uh, what what did you think yours was? I seem to agree with you when you say things by saying exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll we'll try and keep those down if they were starting to annoy you, but uh, we can't. I don't. I don't know that I can guarantee that I won't slip back into the or whatever thing or whatever. <laughs> It's not just when we're speaking either, I've noticed. What do you if mean? We're, if we're having a conversation over I am, we still do it there too. Oh, yeah. I, I was pointing that out this week. I was typing or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we actually didn't have as much time to do the uh, the I aming and, and all that this week. I had a, an abbreviated work week, sort of, kind of. Um, similar to my previous job, I was I worked up through Wednesday and then... I've actually had today, we're recording this on Thursday, I had today and I have tomorrow off, which is to facilitate me being able to do, pick up an on-call shift this weekend, which gets me a little bit of overtime, which is going to be nice. So we've spent today running around trying to take care of all kinds of things to get ready for the baby shower that's happening this weekend and just Calliope in general, I guess. Um... What, so where did we start today? We started today with our second pediatrician interview, and we did that because we weren't convinced the first one was the way to go, and so we wanted another option. Right. What did you think? Um, well, I have to say the first thing that was an issue for me was the distance, and that's because her office is located in Livermore, which isn't significantly far away from us, but... On a good day without traffic, it's about 10 to 15 minutes. And on a bad day, it can be up to a half an hour. And it, it doesn't seem like you can really predict what the traffic is going to be like. I mean, we went today at the appointment was at 1230 and we left at noon and we still hit traffic and had to divert off onto surface streets and kind of take the, the back way in. I think we still managed to be there on time, but uh, it was stressful. Yeah. So just going there to meet her, to talk to her, <laughs> getting a little bit stressful doesn't really bode well for having to sit in the, you know, having to transport a sick baby or something over there. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. And then, you know, they gave us a lot of um, paperwork and literature to look over while we waited. And one of the things I noticed on that was that they said after she's born... Um, usually you spend two days in the hospital and then on day three, you need to bring the baby into the pediatrician's office so that they do something called a color check, which I believe is just to make sure that the baby doesn't have jaundice. Right. And that's, and that's not even like once a week, that's once every day or two, right? I think she said that she would have to come in on day three, day four, day five until she was confident that the baby was healthy and didn't need to come back until her first actual appointment which is really two weeks later <laughs> yeah that's a lot of uh 15 to 35 minute drives i think with a brand new baby right so there was that from the beginning mm -hmm. um she seemed very nice i thought but um something we kind of discussed after the fact was she's older than the other pediatrician that we met which, don't get me wrong, I don't think that there's anything wrong with older doctors. I just feel like maybe she she was kind of old school, I think, in her thinking. Yeah, her whole approach seemed very... Um, the word I want to use is quaint. I'm not quite sure if that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was something like she almost felt like she was supposed to be a country doctor or something like that, you know, like... Like, she should have been making house calls and riding up on a horse. I'm, I'm not sure why I think that. It's just something about the, the way she carried herself and the way she talked. And 
everything was very analog, which was, which was, it, I think it was the contrast between the other guy that we saw where he was kind of all about, you know, email, get on our, you know, website, do this. And, you know, we've got the latest stuff and. Well, also a- another thing that we, we talked about is she has grown children at this point, whereas the other doctor has young children. Right. And that may not seem like a really big deal, but to to me it stood out because I think okay she raised her children a long time ago. Yeah. And he's still got young children, so he's probably going to be a, little, a more... little bit more in tune with with raising young kids, and I mean things change in the times that. Sure. Like when we were kids, obviously things were done differently than people do now with children and so i think that he might be a little bit more relatable to us yeah it's possible it was just a, a, one of the things that we had talked about and yeah um you you went ahead and you asked her the vaccination questions right i, I made sure to hit her with the loaded question and uh you know I, I honestly i came away from it just thinking you know what these are just doctors they're for some reason i had gotten sort of the idea in my head that there was something different about pediatricians like that they I don't know had some preternatural uh, empathy or uh, unnatural kindness to them or something that I, I don't know what I was really looking for some sort of um, constant reassurance for parents or something like that and uh, I, I don't think that's the case they're they're just doctors they're they're like anybody else. They have a job to do, and they do it to the best of their ability. And they're there to basically, you know, help sick people, and not necessarily to make neurotic people feel okay about whatever it is that they're freaking out about. <laughs> but you know, I feel like, kind of in a way, um, pediatricians—that is part of their job. And I think they do have to be a different kind of doctor because they are dealing with kids, which is a completely different scenario than dealing with adults. You know, I mean, you have to be kinder and I, I guess so. I, I gentler guess, and I guess I was just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think part of being a good pediatrician is also being able to deal with the parents. Sure. I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I never really had a doctor that I felt like was actually cold or, or a, you know, distant or whatever. They just have this sort of doctory detached aloofness that I think is maybe necessary for them to be able to do what they do. And for some reason, I thought that pediatricians would be uh, immune to that sort of doctorness, you know, where they just kind of you know, the, the comfort should come from the fact that you're in capable hands. I think that's the approach that most doctors I've ever dealt with tend to take. And uh, I, I don't, I thought it would be different with, uh, I thought they would be like half kindergarten teacher <laughs> with medical training, you know? Well, and, you know, and here's something that I didn't think about until just now is these doctors that we've met may be completely different with a child. We yeah. haven't seen them interact with a child yet, so they may treat us one way and have a completely different personality with right. the kid. Right, but you know how you know school teachers can be even with the parents of the kids. You yeah. Know? Like, like, I mean, they're more grown up, but they still have this kind of, I don't know, it's like a Disney princess, bubbly, <laughs> cheerful kind of, you know, this... Where you sort of can't help but feel a little bit at ease and comfortable around them. <laughs> That's a great description. And and I don't. I think I was thinking pediatricians were like that, and I don't think that's necessarily true. And so, me expecting even the first guy to be something that he wasn't, and then being upset that he didn't meet that sort of you know random expectation was a little unfair. And the thing that I took away mostly from this interview was they're just doctors. And so you, you go with the one that's going to give you the best care, like you would with yourself, and not expect some sort of special, um, you know, fairy godmother attributes that, you know what I mean? It, it's unrealistic yeah. to begin with, I guess. 
you know, really, this is all Rob's fault. I blame him. Because if he didn't live in Texas, he could be our pediatrician. I I guess. I'm not sure he'd want to. (laughs) Yes, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're friends, and I kind of want to stay that way, so maybe I don't have to deal with you and all of your crazy. Exactly. I can get the filtered version via email. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so what, what do you, do you think that you want to, I mean, it sounds like the distance thing is kind of a problem. Do you, you think you want to maybe stick with this lady or do you want to keep looking? What, what, what was the final takeaway from this? I I think the final takeaway is that I, I like the first guy better. And I have to tell you the craziest thing that sticks out in my mind about this lady. And I don't know why this has bothered me so much was the fact that she gave us formula. Yeah. She actually sent us home with a, a case of formula. And I mean, I know we were warned by a couple of parents that that was going to happen, but that she not just gave it to us, but that she said, okay, so when you get home and it's day three or four, if you're having trouble breastfeeding, just use this formula. And I thought that's exactly the opposite of everything I've heard to do. <laughs> like when it gets hard, that's when you have to stick with it if you're going to push through and do it. Yeah, so. It just it rubbed me the wrong way that she kind of encouraged that. Yeah. And, and it does seem like a little bit old school way to to approach it right i mean yeah isn't that what a lot of the the breastfeeding uh proponents have have tried to work lately to to get around is this idea that oh it's not a big deal you know i mean isn't the idea that it, it is a big deal you absolutely should do it as you know to the best of your ability and and don't give up just because it's easier to right because if you if you do Who's to say you're going to go back, you know? Yeah. I mean, if and it's like, oh. They're just reducing the barrier to entry into right. the formula world at this point by, by making sure you have it. So It did come with a book, though, so I may fire out the formula and just keep the book. <laughs> oh, the book is very useful. Okay. I'm happy about the book, but it was just the whole fact that she said, yeah, you know, it's not a big deal if you give her some formula a couple of times while you get her used to breast milk. There's not going to be a problem with that. Because you're already kind of... Uh, nervous about the breastfeeding thing to begin with and now you have people telling you you know oh you might fail <laughs> so here's, here's your backup plan it's all set up for you yeah that's probably not what you need to hear right now that's like dieting and having donuts in the house like why would you do that to yourself you know <laughs> yeah just fire it out don't give yourself a parachute <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of dieting <laughs> i've been doing none of that well, <laughs> it, it's not that you haven't, I don't think. I I think it's that uh, somewhere along the line, uh, well, I don't even know how to really describe the, the pregnancy eating f- uh, phenomenon. It's... I can tell you what happened right here. Okay. I yeah, spent the first at least three months because my morning sickness didn't fully go away until 18 weeks. Okay. So I was sick for quite a while and I had a dedicated diet in those first weeks of noodles with butter, Gatorade and pretzels. And that's all I ate. And it didn't always stay down. (laughs) Right. So I I think that once I was able to start actually eating, we actually lost weight in the first trimester right i did yes and um i i couldn't eat sweets i had an aversion to anything sweet which was weird to me because i've always been a dessert person mm-hmm. but i remember thinking oh if this lasts through the whole pregnancy that will be so awesome not so much <laughs> not so much because i remember what happened is we decided to make chocolate chip cookies one night at like midnight just to test to see if i was you know ready for sweets because it sounded kind of good uh-huh. And that was just the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> because I think in the next two-week period, I made the, those cookies three times. The homemade? The homemade chocolate chip cookies. And I think you maybe had four cookies total. <laughs> I'm Which pretty means, sure I had more than that. But I, don't, I think I took down easily two batches of cookies by myself. <laughs> and then it just it went from there. I started getting my appetite back, and I felt like, 
well, you know, I didn't eat anything for so long. I don't think I can deny myself anything I want now. And it just, it's gone downhill because I never stopped. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, look, you're a picky eater. <laughs> you've been this way since I've known you. You have a, I mean, you've narrowed the spectrum of food possibilities to a, a, a thin uh, slice of the whole of the, the food that you could find at any sort of market. And that's your comfort zone. You have to work within that. Um, and I got to tell you, a lot of it is stuff that a, I don't know, a nutritionist, a dietitian would look at and be like, yeah, that's the first stuff that has to go. <laughs> and that's oh, the if... stuff that falls in your wedge of, uh, oh, you know, Nikki approved food. It's bad. I mean, if a nutritionist saw my eating habits, I think they would have a heart attack. <laughs> so, I mean, you have this limited rep repertoire to begin with and, uh, you know, you eat like when you when you are eating healthy. I mean, how many how many things can you really eat? I don't. My variety is not big when I'm eating healthy. I will tell you that much. And that was another problem is that there's so many things that you're really not supposed to eat when you're pregnant. Right. That that started limiting me too because I think my go-to health food is sandwiches, a sandwich, right. which isn't necessarily really healthy, but to me it's. Obviously better than fast food. Well, I mean, they can be, you can, you can have a filling low calorie sandwich. I think that's kind of what, what does it right. When you're trying to, to be healthy and, and keep your calorie intake down, yeah. you can fill up on you know, a, a deli sandwich of some sort. And, and people are probably wondering why I'm not eating deli sandwiches. And this is, I think one of the newer things that they've started warning pregnant women against because I've heard it's just within the last few years that people have even Worried started about. worrying about this. But um, I, I guess there's a hazard of listeria being in deli meat, which is um, a bacteria that can cause food poisoning that's pretty serious because it can actually pretty severely harm an unborn baby. It's It's like pretty mild in adults, right? Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal. Is it even something that you might have after eating a sandwich and never know? Or is it like you'd actually, you'd know you had food poisoning, but it wouldn't really. I'm pretty sure you would know you had food poisoning, but. It would just be uncomfortable for a little while. Yeah. But, for... you know, the fact that it can kill an unborn baby and cause a miscarriage to me was. Right. A pretty big deal. Well, you even ate something at one point. You had half a a sandwich or something that I think was like actually even heated. I, I can't remember now, but you, you stopped eating it halfway through. You felt so guilty. We went to Quiznos and I didn't feel like it was heated enough. Oh, that's, that's right. That's what it was. You got like a, cause they run it through the toaster and I was yeah. like, Oh, then they heat it up. And cause that's the thing, right? It's, it's the cold deli meat that's been cooked, but then sits out somewhere and can potentially get, uh, contaminated. So I was thinking, well, they run it through the toaster and they cook it again. So you get it hot. It should be fine. But they, they probably would have had to throw it through that like three or four times for yeah. the, the meat to actually heat up to the point where it was uh, decent. So you, you, I think you quit eating the sandwich halfway through. But yeah, that's that has been your one, you know, okay, I got to take it easy on the calories or I got to, you know, get something that's a little less junk foodie going on here. I'll, I know sandwiches. And so you take that away from you and you're left with, well, not a whole lot, which I think yeah. is why the barbecue was one of the things that we felt like was a good, good thing to do. And it is, but you know, that's just one meal. You can't reasonably, I mean, I don't, maybe you would go out and barbecue by yourself for lunch. No, I don't think so. I think that's yeah. my problem with lunch is I, I look at lunch as a, a low drama low hassle meal. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if I'm making this elaborate meal for it, it's just too much work. And I will admit I defer to fast food a lot and it doesn't help that that's what my cravings have been the entire time mm -hmm. is, you know, desserts and fast food. 
Well, and that's the stuff that's always been in your you know, wheelhouse, so to speak, when it comes to stuff that you you want to eat. I mean, since since I've known you, that's what you've you've craved when you're when you're hungry and you want comfort food. You want greasy like, burgers and Taco Bell and uh, you know French fries and stuff like that. So, and you know, of course, the biggest thing from my perspective is that you're dragging me down with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to have a partner in crime because there's nothing ruder than making a pregnant woman eat by herself. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm not protesting too hard about a lot of this, but yeah, I've, I've, I've put on quite a bit of weight myself, which is uh, such a bummer because, you know, I mean, I had, I had gotten pretty fit a few years ago and then I fell off the exercise wagon but I sort of maintained like weight-wise for quite a while. And uh, I think the problem was that with no exercise and then all of a sudden there's all these extra, you know, I mean, there's baked goods floating around all over the place <laughs> and uh, you want midnight runs to get ice cream sundaes. And, you know, it's what, you know, and we've had a hard enough time dis- deciding what to eat sometimes as it is. And, you know, when the only thing that the pregnant woman in the house, which let's face it, pregnancy is quite the trump card. When the only thing that person is yeah. looking for, <laughs> the person who holds the trump card, the only thing that they're going to be satisfied with is, you know, in and out burger or something like that. It, hey, what what am I going to do, you know? Deny your pregnant wife? The woman carrying your child? <laughs> That's how it's phrased every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I've been better, though, because I've stopped baking goods, and I've even stopped buying regular cookies. Like, the only stuff that we have in the house right now are those little 100-calorie pre-portioned packs right. of cookies, because but even I needed to... that's not great for you. I mean, yeah, it's only 100 calories, but, you know... It's but it's certainly not taking down an entire sleeve of cookies <laughs> in one night. I have to say that I am a little bit disappointed that I don't have any interesting pregnancy cravings or weird combinations to share with people. Yeah, there's no pickles and ice cream equivalent no. going on. It's burgers and fries. <laughs> <laughs> I will not ever say no to a fry. I will tell you that much, though. Yeah. Although I guess the the biggest weird thing, though, that I've been eating way too much of in the pregnancy is the target hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, I've actually managed to avoid that particular <laughs> trap, but I don't I don't actually see the appeal, so I, that's not that big of a deal. They are better in my opinion than some movie theater hot dogs. Well, see, I don't think movie theater hot dogs are that great either. <laughs> I okay, I will take it one step further. They were better than the hot dog I got at the Sharks game. Oh, ballpark hot dog. Okay, now you're, now you're getting up why there. This is why I have been stuck on them. Plus, I mean, it's two fifty for a hot dog and a soda. I mean, that's a deal. Yeah, that's not too bad. So what else happened this week? Well, I we got home last night. From somewhere. I don't remember what we were out doing. And I went in the bathroom and noticed that our toilet seat had a blue tint to it. So I thought I was losing my mind. And I called you in the bathroom to confirm. And you saw it as well. There's a blue tint on the toilet. Well, you know, it's one of those things where... Maybe it's just the way my eyes work, but sometimes shiny especially white things can reflect like bizarre stuff in in a way that makes it look like it's got a little bit of a tint to it anyway. And I thought that's just what it was at first. Like I was like, okay, there's gotta be like a blue towel hanging in here somewhere or, you know, I thought it was the lighting in the bathroom. Yeah. Just something like that. And, but yeah, you get down and you, you know, you, you look at it close and there's definitely, a stain of some kind on there. And and so I, once I finally noticed it, you, you can't not notice it once you see it. 
And but the second thing you notice is that it's it's in a particular pattern. <laughs> <laughs> One that's too large for my liking, but well, I, okay. it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's <laughs> but it's I mean, there's like a cutout for your your legs. There's it's a right. <laughs> posterior print on the toilet seat in blue. And... So we automatically try to figure out where it was coming from. When, so the first thing that my mind jumps to is, okay, it's your clothes, right? It's your, your pants that you're wearing. Um, but you have to immediately discount that option because you, why would you sit on the toilet seat with your pants up? Right. <laughs> um, you may sit on the lid, but the lid wasn't the problem. So that didn't fly. And, you know, so then you were like, well, is there anything on me? So I'm checking the back of your legs and... Your your skin is clear, um, and there was something else that you noticed that was bizarre. I had noticed earlier in the day while I was out that it seemed like my cuticles on my nails oh, yeah. had a blue tint to them. And I remember thinking, I wonder if I was holding something when I was shopping that was leaking dye on me. Because it wasn't, it was not nearly as noticeable on my hands as it was on the toilet seat. It was, it was much more faint, but then again, it was, we're talking versus the, the, the flesh tone and, and a, you know, pure white <laughs> canvas. So, it, but it was there. I mean, you could see there was a tinge of blue on your nails and, uh. You know, so we sit there and puzzle about it for a minute. And then the first thing that I do is I go jump online and start <laughs> running you know, web searches to see if I can figure out, what, you know, what this is. There's got to be some, if not a Wikipedia article, there's got to be some, you know, obscure medical journal or something out there. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just my Google foo that, that failed or what, but I couldn't come up with anything except... I found two pregnancy forums that had other women that had posted similar uh, discoloration on their toilet seats. It seemed to be usually toward the end of their pregnancy. And in, in both cases, there was a lot of, you know, jokes flying back and forth and, you know, a lot of wild speculation. And then at some point, it just sort of died and nobody had come to any sort of actual conclusion, which drove me crazy. Well, I have to, if it makes you feel any better, it is not just you and the way you Googled it because my brother also Googled it. And the only thing he came up with is that it only happens to pregnant people. So the, so he couldn't find anything either on it. Right. So the, the only thing that anybody can think of is it's vitamins. Is that, well, there's a couple of theories. There's, there was a bunch of people that thought it was the prenatal vitamins, which we discounted because I'm not taking prenatal vitamins because they made me so sick that the doctor told me to just take Flintstone vitamins because it's still it's the nutrients and vitamins that you need. Mm -hmm. The other theory was a lot of the women that were having the problem had been taking progesterone supplements. But you're not taking those. But I'm not taking those. And the closest thing I could come to that is that your progesterone levels are the highest in your third trimester. So it's possible that maybe yeah. my levels just went up a little bit, and that's what it was. I don't have any new clothes that I'm wearing. Right. Well, that was my other initial thought, was that maybe the you were, had some new pants or something, and the, the dye was leaking onto you, and it wasn't visible on your skin, but it was somehow getting on the thing. But you would wash those pants a couple of I, times. Yeah, and I haven't worn jeans Since pretty you, much through this pregnancy. Right. So it wasn't that either. and Well, yeah, the pants you were wearing were black anyway. I, I guess they could make black out of a really dark blue dye, but it, yeah, it seemed like that didn't fly either. Plus, not everybody on these forum threads was talking about a specific blue thing. There was a lot of, oh, it's purple-ish, or it's like a dark pink, or mm -hmm. it, but it's just some sort of weird discoloration that happens. And yeah, nobody can figure it out. There's there's just the, the vitamin and the progesterone theories. And other than that... They even asked it. And one of them that I found, a doctor, 
I don't know anything about the credentials of this doctor, but the doctor went, eh, I'm stumped. And somebody else had said that they had called their OB. They had called several other OBs, and none of them had heard of it before. So, yeah, it's still a mystery, but it's it's very annoying because I hate when there's no explanation for things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the the thing is, is one of my friends is talking to her brother-in-law about it, who's also an OB. So I'll be interested to see if he's ever mm-hmm. heard of it. And that would be the thing, too, is I do want an answer as to what the reason is. But it would be nice if even one doctor was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. We don't know why, but yeah. I've at least heard of at it. It doesn't even sound like anybody's even heard of it. Professional confirmation or something. Yeah. <laughs> So that mystery is still being solved. Still working on that one. Yeah. I did read that somebody actually had to replace their toilet seat, though, so I'm a little concerned that it won't come off. Yeah, I guess we haven't actually tried scrubbing it off yet. House cleaning is tomorrow's big task, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Fortunately, nobody... it's in the back bathroom for now. Yeah. After this, nobody's going no, I'm not. And you know what? <laughs> Nobody else is going to let me use their rest or their bathroom at their house either. They're going to start getting those uh, paper gaskets to yep. <laughs> hand them to you when you're about to walk in the door. <laughs> Don't ruin our seat, okay, lady? I think Jen actually knows where you can get some portable ones, so I may have to talk to her about that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to ruin anybody else's bathroom situation. I am big. It's the picture that got small. Mm. See, you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. So I thought we'd uh, follow up a little bit with some of the stuff that we talked about last week in the the TV realm. Uh, There was a new episode of the Next Food Network star that we watched, and uh, they're they're just picking off your uh, least favorites one by one, aren't they? It's a beautiful thing. They are. This week it was uh, Caterpillars. Yes, he, he went. I believe his real name is Eddie, but we didn't really ever call him that. Because of his uh, beastly eyebrows. They are eating his face. <laughs> you said they look like he's got caterpillars crawling over his eyes. It's, it's intense. And seriously, they look shaped. Like, so, like I think he's manscaping. He's requesting or, or sp- specifically going for the, uh, the bug on face look. Yeah, I think he's, you know, walking into the salons and being like, you know, the look I'm really going for is a couple of bugs attacking my eyes. (laughs) Just don't take too much off. It makes you wonder what they look like before he did anything to them. Yeah. Maybe he had a unibrow and they just start taking the middle out. (laughs) Dissecting the caterpillar. Making it into two. (laughs) So uh, his his biggest uh, flaw for you was the, the, the woman comment that he made right i think it was his attitude towards towards women in general because he made that comment to the judges after he prepared uh, a brunch for one of the challenges he was saying that he wanted to make sure that he made a meal specifically for women because women have different dietary needs (laughs) which is like offending even the men judges that are sitting there they're like excuse me they do (laughs) i thought they were just people (laughs) That was the thing, right, is I think the judge that spoke up and commented to him wasn't even one of the female judges. It was one of the male judges that was, like, speaking on behalf of everybody here. Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a couple of weeks ago, I think. And then this past week, they had to get paired up and do a challenge. And he got paired up with the stay-at-home mom, who doesn't really have any experience other than cooking for a family. Yeah, we talked about her last week. And so he got, you know, from the beginning, he's like, oh, I could not have been paired up with a worse person. This is going to be horrible. And And I love how these people forget that there's actually cameras filming them. And that the judges will watch. It's like they've never seen a reality show. It's like any time that you're a jerk, 
to somebody but with a camera around that person does see everything that you do when their and, back is turned eventually because it's on camera and guess what they're going to choose to air <laughs> exactly exactly so the, you know she asked him for something simple and he like does this huge exaggerated eye roll and he's you know he's practically like doing the duck quack hand thing over there yeah. <laughs> and you know so then he gets into the uh the whatever it is the the voting off of the show segment and they're like so what about the part where you were a big jerk behind her back <laughs> he's just like oh you caught that yeah and i think that he in the end took credit for something that was made that he didn't make by himself and no no I mean, that just... was the other guy that was the other guy that, because it came down to the wire between your two least favorites. You're like, take them both. I don't care. Yeah. Let's get rid of two this week. Yeah. Next week, let's get rid of two more, and then we'll just let the good people go at it for a few weeks. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, it was the other guy that he had been paired up with somebody, and and she had already been sketchy because he had he had done something similar the week before or whatever, taking credit for something that he actually didn't do or. Well, they had ganged up on the the stay-at-home mom again last week, or the week before. Right. So this time he was supposed to be, like, I don't even remember how it broke down, but he was supposed to do one of the dishes, and it got slammed. Everybody hated what he was responsible for, and then there was his other part that was kind of a group project, and he said, oh, that that was really mine. I actually did the lion's share of the work on it, and... The other lady kind of flipped out on him and was like, are you kidding? We we worked on that together. And I don't remember if, if the judges actually, did they call him out right there at the time? Like, what are you doing with like throwing everybody under the bus every time? I think they did say something about it. And I, because he came back and he said, you're right. You know, I should have, I should have just owned that I made the dessert that was horrible and <laughs> That I didn't, and it was like too late, buddy. And you know, crying isn't helping your situation either because he oh, started yeah. crying too, which was weeping. Like, yeah, dude, keep it together. <laughs> so you were pretty happy with the results of uh, of that one, and uh, and then there was so the other show we talked about last week was Real Housewives. Yes, and they had some. I thought the show was over. Did they have some sort of? Well, the oh, the, the official season is over. Oh, but these are now, the follow-up stuff. This is the reunion. Yeah. And I think for this particular, I don't even know what you call it, segment, group, whatever, it has been the longest time between when filming stopped and when they did the reunion. Oh, the city? Yeah. So, I mean, usually it's, I, I would say, three to six months between the time that filming stopped and the time that they have the reunion but this time it had to be a pretty significant amount of time because when the show stopped airing nobody was pregnant and at the reunion two of the housewives were pregnant and one of them was due like the next day so we're talking like at least a nine to ten month gap gap between the two yeah so the exciting thing about it is that they have so much footage from these reunion specials that they've started making them multiple parts oh boy so we had part one of the reunion on tuesday and part two was on tonight which i have not watched yet oh so you've but got... it's supposed to be the more dramatic of the two. <laughs> oh. tables are flying quite possibly there was a, a coffee table between the two couches so although the girl is pregnant that threw the table so i don't know if she can Lift it up and uh, hurl it at anybody. She, she may be hampered. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but she's still angry, so maybe she'll pick up a vase or something light uh, and just beat the girl over the head with it. <laughs> so did you enjoy the whatever the reunion thing? Oh, I did. And I'm, I'm very excited to see the second part, which we have TiVo'd see the f- tears and the yelling and the drama <laughs> so yeah and uh in fact i also watched another lost footage 
from the Orange County cast earlier this week. This is like their third hour from the reunion. Good grief. I read somewhere that they taped for, I think, six hours. They had about six hours of footage when all was said and done. This is just them reunionizing, right? Sitting in a room and talking about the stuff that they did on earlier shows. Right. So pretty much what happens is the host of the reunion is the moderator. And he's got questions from all the fans that fans sent in to ask the women based on what they saw over the season. And then he has a couple of questions himself and, you know, the fans watch it and they call him out on things. And then the women are expected to fess up and, it's interesting because a lot of times it's stuff that didn't even happen on the show that they start talking about. What, like tabloid type of stuff? or Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So they've dug up another hours from the these epic tapings for one of the older shows to throw up on the air. So you've had like a very Real Housewives packed week going on I here. I have. I've had a Real Housewives packed pregnancy. <laughs> Lucky they you. have floated me through this pe- this pregnancy from beginning to end. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Atlanta is next, and I wasn't really into Atlanta, so uh, it may be a while until I get a new season of interesting people. Still pulling for Real Housewives, uh, Cheyenne. I think that's going to be big. Yeah, we need a nice small town where nothing <laughs> happens. <laughs> Actually, that would probably be the worst of them all, right? Probably. Of course, I don't know how many small towns have super rich women living in them. Yeah, that's true. So, one of the the shows that I've been watching that you aren't watching yet (laughs) is uh, Dollhouse, which I know is an older show, but I started watching it when it premiered this season, and... I don't know, somewhere along the way, I kind of lost my ability to keep up with it. And so TiVo queued up as many as it could hold, which I think I had it set to five. So I had five hours of it, and I just couldn't couldn't get through one of the episodes. And it had kind of, it was really slow to take off, honestly. Which I I guess I, and I I even, I think I even said, you know, because we've watched other of uh, Joss Whedon, he's the guy that created it. We've watched some of his other shows, and and they do typically take a little while to get rolling. Um, and so I I was aware that that was a possibility, but it, it still stumped me, and I still had a hard time getting past the the sort of first several episodes. Of course, once I finally did break through and get past that one episode, that was sort of the last clunker before it really hit its stride um now all of a sudden i'm I'm hooked on it again and so i i burned through the rest of the ones that i had saved on the tivo and i had always anticipated that if you know once once the tivo filled if i got behind and they started airing ones that weren't being recorded that i could just go and watch them on hulu because they i mean look they even had an ad with the actress from the show for Hulu, so I figured, of course, they're got all the episodes on there. Well, it turns out they have all the episodes except the season finale on Hulu. <gasps> no. And Fox.com also has all the episodes except the season finale available. So why would they do that? I'm not sure exactly, but if I want to see episode 13, I have to probably go get it via BitTorrent somewhere. I wonder if they'll show it again. Or, yeah, I guess it's my other options. I can look for it and see if I can get TiVo to record it. Although, not to get too far off on a tangent, but I wish that sometimes TiVo was a little bit smarter. You know, like you could say, listen, TiVo, I just want this episode. It's like we've we've talked to your uh, your dad and stepmom about they they got they got mixed up on their uh, office recordings. Uh, from last season, and they've been trying to collect the entire uh, season's worth of recordings so that they can go through them in order, and they're missing a couple of them. And 
I don't know if they have a TiVo or if it's just their DVR or whatever, but it, wouldn't it be nice if they could just say, look, we went online, we found the names of the episodes, here's what we want, just pick those up, don't pick up anything else, we've got what we need for now. Yeah, I think that is a good idea. I also wish that TiVo had the ability to, when you set up a season pass, instead of just saying repeats and first runs and then checking if you want them to keep it till you delete or for however many days. I wish there was a way that you could say all first run new episodes of things, keep until I delete, keep recording reruns, but you can get rid of those if you need to Yeah. to make space. And, and you can't do that right now. It's just one or the other. Yeah, that would be nice because there are shows that you, you definitely want to have it wait until you have a chance to see the new ones, but you don't mind getting the old ones because you, you can watch those. If, if you've got nothing else to watch on TV, it might be kind of nice to watch an old episode. Well, for things like Chopped, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, we definitely. didn't start that until very recently, so we have pretty much most of the episodes from last season we haven't seen, but a new season has already started. Right. But it's not a serial show, so if we, right. if we miss some of the older ones, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so, so TiVo, I, I guess it wasn't TiVo that failed me. I I guess it was more the online streaming stuff that, and it's funny because I, just this week I was uh, talking with my friend Ryan about how I'm so close to being able to get rid of cable, like TV, <laughs> TV, the options for watching shows has gotten so much broader than just waiting for them to air sitting in front of your TV and watching them at the time that with, you know, all the time shifting and the streaming and the quick release of DVDs and everything, there's almost no reason to have cable except a stuff like this where, you know, they do something really stupid, like leave an episode out <laughs> from their online offerings or uh, they're, they're really slow with the DVD release um, you know, just companies, production companies and networks and distribution channels just being really retarded about how they handle some of this stuff. And, of course, live sports. Because I was trying to stream the USA World Cup match uh, just the last 20 minutes of it because they had it on in the break room at work. And it was pretty spectacular that I, I, I'm not going to get on a whole tangent about it, but basically the USA is terrible at soccer and uh, Spain is, like, the best. They had a world record, like, 19-match win streak going. And the USA came in. They kind of stumbled into the semifinals. They were a complete underdog, and they won the game. So they wow. they totally knocked Spain out. And I wanted to watch the last 20 minutes, and there's no way to do it online that's legal. And I'm like, this this is why I have to still have... Uh, cable because if I want to watch Sharks games or any other sports, 49ers, anything, it's almost impossible without actually paying for a subscription to like I think MLB.com for example, you can buy for some amount of money, you can watch all the games and everywhere online you know, but it's like, what mm -hmm. am I going to do that I, I don't watch that many baseball games to actually pay money for the privilege or whatever Look, I let you let Get rid of our, our house phone and just go to cell phones. We're not getting rid of the cable. <laughs> I'm just saying the possibility... I'm drawing the would, line in the sand right now. I'm just now. saying the possibility would be there if it wasn't for some of these, these dumb other things. So so anyway, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle the last thing in the dollhouse, but uh, but I, it's, really, it's really gotten good, and I think, I think you would probably uh, enjoy it. It's got, got kind of a... It, the, the premise was so weird to begin with, um, but they, they've managed to sort of wrangle it into something that's uh, very, very similar to the style of stuff that Joss Whedon has done before, where it's all um, interconnected and there's double crosses and twists all over the place. The, the one thing about it that kind of blows me away is I'm not actually sure how they're going to keep doing this. I know they got picked up for another season. Mm -hmm. but it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like a alias, you know, where, like, once she figures out what's going on, you know, so they start revealing these twists and things, and, and you, you kind of see the inevitability of where events are leading to, and you wonder, once this 
this big blow up that you know is going to happen like in the case of alias once she figured out that the organization that she thought was the good guys was actually the bad guys like where do you go from there but they did a great job right i mean they reset it the show sure with season two and a lot of people would argue that season two was maybe the best season of that show but then they you got to the situation where you had to keep doing it right i mean every season they had this big thing they had to keep giving her a reason to be a spy when there was <laughs> you know it, was, it it kept stretching the bounds of credibility for her to continue to do some of this stuff considering how crazy they had to get <laughs> you know i mean she loses her memory of three years or whatever and somehow she's supposed to continue to be a spy instead of just being like that's it i'm out <laughs> you know i lost three years of my life i'm not going to do it anymore i can't possibly put my myself through this any longer and no she's still going to be a spy because we have to keep having a show and, and she I... had to keep being a spy i mean on alias let's face it the cia is like the mob once you're in you're in <laughs> you don't leave well, and maybe that's what they'll do with Dollhouse. Once you're a once you're a doll, you can't stop being one. So there you go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully when it comes out on DVD, I'll I'll be able to pick it up and you can watch it with me again. Since there has been big gaps in my uh, episode watching too, so maybe on second viewing I'll catch some more stuff that they've inserted in there. I wanna tell you about my hometown. It's a dusty old jewel in the South Puget Sound Where the factories churn And the timbers all cut down And life goes by slow in Tacoma 